We had a great time in the month of July in our You Ask For It series that we did our best to bring a word on, on almost all of the, the, the cards that were filled out. And uh, I really enjoyed doing that. And I, I believe and hope that you were blessed with those messages. And so the rest of this month, and we started on Sunday, we're finishing in, in our, our summer series of, uh, our summer faith series that we started the first week of June. And we went through June, and then we did our You Asked For It series through July. And then we're going to finish this month with our f- summer faith series. So each of my messages, unless we go from Wednesday to Sunday on one, each of these messages that we've done this summer on the f- summer faith series have been foundational concerning faith. God spoke to me earlier in the year um, that it was important that we come back and really lay some stronger and deeper foundation on faith and what faith is. And so tonight, the um, title of my message is Faith in the Word. Having faith in the Word. Having faith for the Word, for the Word to work. But but, but faith in what the Word says. And uh, I believe you'll, you'll enjoy this tonight. Um, my wife and I have been very serious all of, our, all of our married life. Tomorrow we celebrate 38 years of marriage. And um, amen. a good thing all glory to God can you say amen and um, we've been we've been serious all of our married life and a little bit before we got married I was serious about the word and um, we know she and I know that the things that we preach your life depends on on the word being delivered, not just, um, you know, n- not just a, a a quick encouragement on some method that will somehow work. It's not just the word is not something that's quick. The the word is something that is detailed, but it but it's it's what you can embrace and work in your life on a day-to-day basis and she and I've been passionate about that and we're passionate about that for our for this church body that we're not just hearers of the word but we're doers and we know what that means we know what it looks like the Bible says if you're a hearer and not a doer you walk in deception you deceive yourself so I'll say that again if you're a hearer but you don't do anything with what you hear then you walk deceived. Now that sounds really horrible, but it's not, it's, it's not that uncommon. It's, not, it's, it's, it's actually it's more common for people to hear word and do nothing with it than it is for people to hear word and do something with it. So it's not, a, it's not an uncommon situation. But we're very passionate about... Um, about people doing something with what they hear and so tonight I, I want to just I, I'm not, I'm not going to preach tonight I, I want to just kind of talk and go through some scriptures that 
that I wrote down in regards to this and just make some comments that I feel like are, are really important. I'm going to start in Hebrews 10. Actually, we, we read this verse on Sunday, but or this passage on Sunday, but I'm going to look at something different than what I talked about on Sunday. Hebrews 10 and verse 35 says, Therefore do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward, for you have need of endurance, so that after you've done the will of God, you may receive the promise. For yet a little while, and he who is coming will come and will not tarry. Now the just, the just shall live by faith. We're talking about faith in God's word. The just shall live by faith. But if anyone draws back, he said, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we're the just, we're the righteous. We are who God has called. And those who are just and they know it live by faith. Amen. Amen? So the just, he says here, shall live by faith. Look at Galatians 2 and verse 20. Paul said, I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and he gave himself for me. Revelation says that Jesus, his name is the Word of God. Paul said, I live by faith in the Word of God. I live by faith in what the living Word has come to deliver to me. I live by faith in that now. The life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Word of God. That's what we're talking about tonight. Look at 2 Timothy chapter 2. 2 Timothy 2 and verse 15. He said, Be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed. Why? Because he's rightly dividing the word of truth. Um, hold your place right there and look at Hebrews 4. Hebrews 4 and verse 12. Just hold your place because I want to come right back to that. For the word of God is living and it's powerful and it's sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division, the dividing of what? The soul and the spirit, the joints and marrow, as a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. But he said the word of God, we're talking about faith in God's word, the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword and piercing even to the dividing of soul and spirit. If, if you're going to do, if you're going to divide, if you're going to divide something, how many somethings do you need? 
if you're gonna if you're gonna do a division problem, how many subjects do you need? Yeah, two subjects. If you're dividing four and two, there's two subjects. True. So you have to have you have to have two numbers to divide, to have a division problem. True? He said here in second, I mean, this just hit me. It just hit me in, just today, it hit me. This verse, I've never seen this before, maybe everybody else in here has, and I haven't. But he said, be diligent in in 2 Timothy 2.15. Be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed because he's rightly dividing the Word. The Word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword, able to divide between the soul and the spirit. Now, Could it be that your soul has one idea about the truth of something and your spirit has another idea? And it takes the Word of God to penetrate and to determine and to discern what's truth. Rightly dividing... The word of truth. Man, I got cold chills. I mean, that was worth you coming out tonight just to hear that thought. Yeah, good. Woo! Um, <laughs> the more ignorant that we are about God's word, the more deceived and tricked that you can become by the devil. Because there's a lot of ideas. There's a lot of thoughts and ideas about what truth is. No word in, no revelation out. In other words, no perception about what is truth. And I'm going to give you a couple of, I think, super examples that I came up with. Um, But the question constantly is, with us, what are you doing with what you've been taught? What are you doing with what you've been taught? And that's what we're going to kind of look at in in learning how to have faith in God's Word. Listen, God God isn't a God of many, many, many different ideas. He has He has one idea and thought on every scripture in the Bible. at a time because everything in the word is evolving revelation that I got 40 years ago in certain scriptures not the same revelation did did God say one thing back there and another thing today he said something that I could receive back then 
And today I can see something even more clear because it, it, it's evolving. Re, it, it's revelatory, the Word is. It, it, it is revealed and constantly revealed all the time to a greater level and understanding. But let me just use this as an example. There are people all over the church world that believes. I've met them. I've talked to them. I'm not talking about what I've heard other people say. I've met people that believe that God puts sickness and disease on your body to teach you something. Now, I, you hear, and, and I prayed a little while ago that you would be healed. Your bodies would be healed and well, right? Because I believe that the Word says that by the stripes of Jesus we were healed and He died one time for all people that we would be made whole in the name of Jesus. Can you say amen? Okay. So you have to work that out. It has to be worked out within your life. You have to hear the things that are taught and you can't take just what someone says You've got to work it out, and it's got to become revelation to you. You've got to understand it. I'm telling you, God doesn't make people sick in one instance and heal people in the next. He's either the God of health and healing, or He's not. Does that mean that people don't... If God's the healer, then we should never be sick, and if we get sick, then we have no faith and we're worthless scumbags. Absolutely not. Stuff comes. But the more we learn the revelation of the fact that He is the healer, then what happens inside of us is we let those symptoms and the things that come at us know they have no right to remain in us. And we have the ability to treat sickness and disease that way because of what Jesus did at Calvary. What He accomplished. He didn't just save us, He healed us, delivered us, and He liberated us, and He died one time for all men. So it's a done thing. We have to have faith in what the Word says that it is so. Can you say amen? So I want to look at a couple things. Um, And because because my point that I'm driving home tonight is We have to be in a place where we are constantly dividing the truth. Now, I'm just going to go over, I wrote down a bunch of different topics, and and I I want you to think about it, because I feel like what God's been saying to me, there's a lot of the messages that I'm preaching today, it's, it's almost as though I've never preached them before because I'm preaching through greater revelation, greater understanding. So, Sarah is, she is the head of our prayer ministry here. And so, would you say, people that know her, that she's passionate about prayer? Okay. But is prayer the only truth? And sometimes we can think that everything flows through prayer. And if you think that, then it'll lead you astray. We teach faith around here a lot. We're teaching it all through the summer, teaching faith and what it is. But is faith the only thing that the Bible talks about? Absolutely not. 
And if, if, if everything is just faith, you'll get off. If everything is just about deliverance, if everything... I, I, I know people all over the planet today that think that, that in the last few years that there's been a resurgence of the ministry or the teaching of grace. A lot of, lot of well-known, high-profile people are teaching on grace. And so grace is the answer to everything. No, grace is a great part. But if you get locked into grace and grace is everything, you'll err. You get off into thinking that everything needs to be about healing, you'll err. See? Because what we need to do is, if we're strong in prayer, we need to rightly divide prayer with everything else. If we're strong in faith... We need to divide everything else because God doesn't want you to just be strong and all that in one area. He wants you across the board to be strong. He wants you to believe. It, you know, we, we may be strong in the revelation on tithes and prosperity and, and seed time and harvest time, but if that's all you're about, you'll err. You'll drift. Because we need to be about everything that the Bible is about. And the Bible's about all those things and more. So, the way we are not ashamed, the way that we're developed and, and, and hold our own in the midst of anything that comes is by rightly dividing the word of truth. Now, that's one element of it. Now, there's another element of dividing that I, I believe these two passages of Scripture are talking about where we divide between the soul and the spirit. Your soul, you, you may be strong in an area... You may be strong in, in really believing that God heals and you've seen miracle and manifestation after manifestation, but in another area, you're not. And, and when we don't divide, when we don't allow the Word to divide truth, then we'll get strong in one area over here, but in our soul, in our, in our mind, will, and emotions, in certain unrenewed areas, we'll think that because we're strong over here, we'll just overlook this. God won't require us to walk in revelation here because we're strong in this. God wants you strong across the board. And how, how can we become strong? The only way that you and I can become strong in the Word is if we allow the Spirit of God to reveal it to us. So follow me in the, in the next few things that I'm going to talk about regarding this. Um, look at 1 John chapter 4 and verse 1. He said, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits whether they're of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Now, man, we've, we've in, when I say we, uh, the body of Christ, man, we've taught this in every direction. Man, we've taught all kinds of things about this passage here, especially first six verses of this. Of this. But, but I want to focus on don't believe every spirit. In other words, don't believe everything you hear. Especially on TV. Don't believe every preacher that just comes along. Well, you know, this preacher said that. It's got to be true. Well, somebody said this, you know. They said this on CNN or Fox News. I mean, you know, they're not going to lie. 
Excuse me? He said, don't believe every spirit, but do what? Test the spirits. Test them. Back up to the second chapter and the 20th verse. And I want to show you something here. I'm going to read a couple of verses, then I want to show you something. That how, so, so how do we do this? How do we test the spirits? How do we, how do we divide correctly the word of truth? And I'm, I'm going to give you an example that I believe the Lord gave me today. Verse 20 says, But you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. You have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. That anointing is the Spirit of God. It's from the Spirit of God that's inside of you. Same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead is the same Spirit that lives on the inside of you. You have that anointing, and you know all things. So look at verse 27. But the anointing that you have that causes you to know all things, the anointing which you've received from Him abides in you, watch this, and you do not need that any anyone, one translation says, any man teach you. But as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things and is true, and it's not a lie, and just as it is taught you, you will abide in Him. Now, I've pastored this church for a long time. Um, especially when I first started out, I used to hear people more then, but I mean, if I heard it once, I've heard it a hundred times. See, Pastor, what this verse of Scripture says right here is that I don't need to hear anything from you. All I need is God. Now, that sounds good, but are you rightly dividing the truth here? It says something, but is that what it's saying? Well, based on what I know, and I'll give you, I'm going to give you two passages right here, that goes contrary to the Word. So, Ephesians, um, Ephesians 4 and verse 8 says, God has given gifts to men, and those gifts are the fivefold ministry, evangelist, pastor, teacher, prophet, apostle. He's given the fivefold ministry to do what? To equip the saints, for the saints to do the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, until we all come into the unity of the faith. So do you need people to teach the Word to you? Absolutely. Now look at, um, this is an interesting passage, but look at 2 Timothy chapter 3. And I want to read these four verses, starting with verse 10. 2 Timothy 3 and 10. Notice what Paul was telling Timothy here. And T Timothy was a young minister, okay? But this, this goes for anybody. He said, But you have carefully followed my doctrine. Paul's telling Timothy, You followed what I taught you. My doctrine? Now remember, 1 John 4 1 said, Test the spirits, not the doctrine. And I'm going to show you what, it, what I believe that the Bible talks about, and then you go decide if you believe this is true or not. He said, you, Paul told Timothy here, he said, 
You followed my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, love, perseverance, persecutions, afflictions, which happened to me at Antioch, Iconium, and at Lystra. What persecutions I endured, and out of them all the Lord delivered me. Yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ will suffer persecution. But evil men and impostors will grow worse, and worse deceiving and being deceived. Why do you test the spirits? Because people can put good doctrine out there, but if their heart ain't right, it's going to lead you astray. Look, look what he says in this, in this 14th verse. But you, Paul's saying to Timothy, but you must continue in the things which you've learned and been assured of and knowing from whom you have learned them. So to take 1 John uh, 2.27 and say, I don't need a preacher, I don't need a church, I don't need to hear the word taught, you're not rightly divide, dividing the truth. You're not rightly dividing what the, word of, what the rest of the Bible says. That's two verses of Scripture, and I can give you at least 20 in the New Testament. The importance of needing the word taught to you. In other words, what, this is how the concept is, and you've got to get this in your heart. By faith... You have to come, and you have to hear the Word taught, and when you hear the Word taught, you do something with it, but while you're doing something with it in studying to get what it was said, I wasn't the true teacher. What I'm teaching you tonight, I'm not the true teacher of this, but I'm the one, I'm the gift that God called to the church, to this body, to bring the Word, so that when you go study the Word as a result of what you've been listening to, then you have the Holy One, as it said in 1 John 2.27, you have the anointing, you know everything you need to know, and He will reveal to you what you're doing with what you heard. He will not reveal to you things out of thin air. That's why you need the word preached. Did you get what I'm saying? See, a person walks in discernment when they rightly divide the word of truth that they're hearing. People that don't walk in deception. Just plain and simple. Everybody sitting in here tonight has been deceived at one time or another. Everybody just take a deep breath and blow out. Ah, okay. Glory to God. He's not talking to me then. Right? I'm, I'm not looking at anybody else. I'm saying that's what happens. So all I'm saying to you is embrace what's being taught. Believe in whom you're hearing it and test the Spirit to make sure that the Spirit of the man that is bringing the Word is correct. That's a big thing. That's what Paul was saying. He said, you followed my doctrine. You've watched me. Timothy watched him for years. You've watched me. You've watched my life. He didn't, Paul didn't say he was perfect at everything that he did, but you've watched my life, and I'm teaching out of integrity. I'm teaching out of honesty and truth and, and the revelation of God's Word because when you submit to that, it will produce amazing things. See, if all a church is about is submission, 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 you'll err. You'll err. But submission's a part, but faith is a part, but prayer's a part, salvation's a part, all these things are a part, healing is a part, it's all a part. 
but we take the Word of God and we divide it correctly so that we don't allow things in the soul that don't think like God thinks to remain and cause us to make decisions about our, the day we're living in and our future. I don't want things in my unrenewed mind to make those decisions. I want my spirit man that is one with the Holy Ghost to be the one that is in control and leading me. Not my unrenewed mind. And the Word of God, that's why we have to have the Word of God. That's why we put so much emphasis on the Word because it's the Word that helps you to rightly divide what it is that you're giving attention to. And when you do that, there's no end to your future and your life and your success and what God has called you to do. Everybody called you, every person in here, God called you to greatness before the foundation of the world. He called you to greatness. And listen, I promise you God's not holding back in your or my life, any of us. All that is, the only thing that is waiting, God's not waiting, the only thing that is waiting, the manifestation of the promise is waiting on you and I doing the will of God in our lives. That's what Hebrews 10 says. Once you've done the will of God, then you receive the promise. It's not God up there holding, no, hold it, hold it back. Hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it. Keep it, ah, oh, that worthless piece of crap. Yeah, oh, that guy, he's no good. No. What did I just say? I, sorry, I said that. <clears throat> I said a worthless piece of something. That came out of my mouth before I even thought. Um, now it's distracted me. <clears throat> uh, but God's not holding back. God's trying to get to us. And He's trying to get everything that He paid for and that He accomplished for us. He's trying to get everything to us. And our responsibility is to rightly divide the truth. Allow that division to happen. Find yourself, not, not, not division like, like, like being separated, or creating division, but division in doing the process of working out what is the truth about a specific thing. Just like the example that I gave you right here. Oh yeah, Pastor, I don't need church. I don't need to listen to the Word taught. I don't need any of these things because of this one verse of Scripture. But that's not what the rest of the Bible says. So you have to take when something says that, and go and rightly divide with the rest of Scripture what is actually the truth. Can you say amen? So, look at James 3, and I'm just going to finish and drive my point home tonight out of James 3. <clears throat> And we're going to just, just for the sake of time, let's just read from verse 13 to 18. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. 
But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. Now see, that's a false spirit. And he's talking about, what he's talking about is the condition of a man's heart, of of a woman's heart, a person's heart. What the condition of their heart is in. If there's, watch, see, these are indicators in our life. God, listen, never has God, did God intend his word to be read by somebody that's doing the very thing that the scripture says that, that can be done. Like you're in, you're in envy and strife and division in your life and you know it and maybe you came out of an argument before you came to church. Never did God have the word be delivered to you to put you under condemnation. The word is the answer. The Word is the power to liberate your soul. When you're challenged on something, when something's being preached and you're challenged, take the challenge and you go and rightly divide the truth so that the truth will separate between your thinking and the thinking of your spirit that's one with the Holy Ghost and allow your spirit man to override your thoughts and and see your mind renewed with what the truth is. And the more you become convinced of that, the more you'll give in to that, and that's where your and my success comes from. So he says right here, and we're talking, we were talking earlier about judging the spirits. He said, if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your heart, do not boast and lie against the truth, for this wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, and it's sensual, and it's demonic. So that's how we test the spirits. You see? Because if, if you're in an environment where it's constant strife and division being stirred up, that's demonic. It doesn't mean you're not born again. It just means it's demonic. So test the spirit and let's get to the root of the problem and let's figure out why that's continuing to go on and happen. And let's get rid of it. And let's get free of it. Can you say Amen. That, that's the key to your success. God is not going to come and make you successful. He's already made you successful. What hinders humanity from being the success that God created us to be, what hinders us is not rightly dividing the truth and not believing that we need the truth. I, this last week I heard somebody make a comment, or no, I, I heard somebody else told me that another person made this comment that, ah, you know, that, that word being preached, you know, I, I've heard all that. Wow. I have two for 40 years. And I need it more today than I've ever needed it. Ever. I mean, I, I need it today like I've never needed it. Because where will err is thinking also is thinking that we've got all that figured out. See, you may think you have it figured out up here, but that's the devil deceiving you and lying to you that you don't need the living Word of God. In other words, remember, His name is the Word of God. You mean we don't need the name of Jesus and the power of the revelation of this Word on a day-to-day basis? I need it more today than I've ever needed it ever in my whole life, ever. And that's why it's got to be fresh coming in. Not just, not just, well, i got to do it. No, it's not something I have to do. It's something that I enjoy doing. I was listening to, I was listening to, a, to a, a message on YouTube, I don't know, a while back, from somebody from 30 years ago. I was listening to this message. 
And I mean, the message was an hour and 15 minutes long. And it ran through, and I'm thinking, that's over with? I mean, I was so into this message, and I'm thinking, it's over with? No, there's something wrong. It was, it was an hour and 15 minutes. And I'd been sitting there for an hour and 15 minutes listening to that word. I was so into what was being said. And it was a message preached 30 years ago. I mean, it's like, and, I, and if I listen to that message once over the last 30 years, I've listened to it over 100 times. And it was like I'd never heard it. That's just one message from one guy that's not even alive. The word's going everywhere. And that's what we've got to embrace and let it divide in our life and correctly line up the things that are most important and, and the understanding of how to live in the fullness of the, of the things of God every day. Verse 15 16, for where envy and self-seeking exist, where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, it's gentle, it's willing to yield, it's full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. Now, the fruit of righteousness is sown by, in peace by those who make peace. But he said in verse 17, this wisdom that is from above is first, it's, it's pure and it's peaceable, it's, it's gentle, it's willing to yield. Listen to the amplified in this. It says, this wisdom from above is first of all pure and undefiled. Then it's peace-loving and it's courteous, it's considerate, it's gentle, it's willing to yield to reason, full of compassion and good fruits. It's wholehearted and straightforward and impartial and unfeigned, free from doubts and wavering and insecurity. Wow. See, that, that's what we want developed in us. You say, well, Pastor, I was reading that and there's only one of those ten things that I'm actually doing. Well, good. Then you've got a list of things you can work on. But just work on them one at a time. Just develop it, right? You can, see, it, it's all in the eye of the beholder. I mean, are you viewing these as like half empty or are you viewing it as half full? In other words, how you view how the Word is coming to you, if you feel it's like condemning you because you've got some of the issues, you need to know that you can make the change. You need to know that through the power of God's Word, you can overcome if you're struggling in some of the things that we're talking about tonight. There's not a person in here that hasn't struggled or is struggling in the things that we're talking about tonight. Everybody has. We're all in the same boat. Let's get on with life. Let's accomplish great things. Let's be the victors and not the victims. Right? Huh? Listen, if you're going to live a life with God, then you're going to live a life where people are going to attack you. People aren't going to like what you do. People are going to you know, come against you, but you can't be the victim. You can't be the victim. Because God's already caused you to win. And, and if you focus on what other people think and say, then your soul is going to control your spirit. Instead of your spirit rising up, like the song we were singing tonight, that we're going to build our lives on the love of God. 
Your spirit man rises up and the love of God that God is flows through your life into the lives of other people. Even people that mishandle or misuse you or do things that you don't like. You cannot be the victim for anything that goes on in life. Absolutely not. We're the victors. Say it. I'm the victor. You are the victorious one because of what Jesus Christ did and what he accomplished in your life. Can you say amen to that? Um, I forgot I was going to read this verse. 2 Corinthians 4, look at it. And I'll end. Truly, my second ending. 2 Corinthians 4. And verse 4. Verse 3. But even if our gospel or the word is veiled, it's veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age has blinded. Who's the God of the age? It's the devil. He's a deceptive God, but he's the God that deceives people into believing he's more real than God is. And the things that you see and feel are more real than the truths of God's Word. Whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. The gospel... He said the light of the gospel, the light of the good news, the light of the word should come in and shine and bring revelation to your soul. We are are a three-part being. We are spirit because we are created in in God's image. So we're spirit. But we have a soul, a mind, will, and emotions. And we live in this physical body. When you got born again, when you got born again a second time, your soul, your soul didn't get born again. There's a lot of Christians that misquote that. There's about seven times in the New Testament where it talks about the salvation of your soul, of souls being saved. The soul of man does not get saved. The spirit of man gets saved. The soul of man is saved daily. Day by day, the soul is being saved. What, what does that mean? That means that your thinking, the day you got born again, your thinking didn't change. If you were robbing banks and you got born again, you'll still have a tendency to rob banks until you get your mind renewed. Now, there may be a miracle, a manifestation, and you just quit. When I got born again, I just quit a number of different things. I just, I just stopped. But I would have picked those things back up if I had not started on a path of renewing my mind, my soul. So your soul is being saved every day. But that soul salvation is for here, not for eternity. I mean, it'll benefit eternity. But your spirit is the one that was born again, and and you're now alive spiritually forever. Amen? So when when we understand that, we see how much that we need the Word of God coming into us and being poured into us so that we can rightly discern what needs to change, what I need to get past. Okay, pastor talked about strife and division. Where there's strife and division, there's confusion and every evil work of the enemy. We've got to work on this. What needs to happen to see these changes made? We've got to work on this area right here. You have to work on it. But I promise you, I promise you that when you read John chapter 14 and 15, 
and you look at the, 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 the definition of the Spirit who is the comforter and the helper and the counselor and he's all, he's seven different things. His, his name is defined in seven different ways. You stop and think about it. Some of the things that we think we need from other people in life, the reason going to other people doesn't work is because it was in, we were intended to go to God because the anointing, the spirit, the helper, the holy, the, the counselor, the comforter, he's got all those things to help us to overcome and if we'll learn to go to him we'll see things change in our life that we would have never thought you may go to a person you may go to somebody and that somebody may tell you just something in the, off their, out of their unrenewed mind that is an absolute truth my mother who's passed away several years back she had some things happen to her when she was a young girl and, and all through her when she was married to my father before they divorced she was tormented in her mind about a, a lot of different things. And uh, there, was, there was one thing that really tormented her, and she didn't know what to do, so she went to, she went to a psychiatrist, and I'm not saying all psychiatrists are this way, because I know some really great psychiatrists that are born again and help people. But she went to this psychiatrist, and this, this person told her to do something to prove that that wasn't true. And what she was doing, what he told her to do was immoral. And it literally destroyed her life. She had no word. She had no revelation. No, the, the church told her that, you know, those things will just go away. And nobody helped her along the way. Well, if somebody would have taught her about the Holy Ghost and the person of the Holy Spirit, he could have comforted her. He, he could have helped her. He could have delivered her. He could have, she, could, she could have been set free and liberated from something. But in those days in her life, there was no revelation. At least nowhere where she was. There was no revelation. And I'm telling you today, there are things that we don't have to put up with because we have that person with us at all times. If you're born again, you have him. He's the helper. What does a helper do? He helps, right? What does a comforter do? comfort. You ever been where you felt like you just wanted somebody to hug you? It doesn't mean that we can't hug each other and do all those kind of things. But I'm telling you, men can only go so far. People can only go so far in bringing comfort and help to your life. The Holy Ghost is the true one. See, see now I'm going to say and, and use that verse of Scripture like this. You have no need of any man to teach you. You have no need of any man to help you. You have no need of any man to comfort you. You have no need of any man to do this or that or whatever else for you because you have the one who is that. So that doesn't mean we don't need to comfort and help and do things for people and all that kind of stuff. How many know that's not what I'm saying? In the same way, that verse of Scripture isn't saying you don't need to hear somebody teach. You need to hear, you need to put your faith out to show up and hear the word taught and then do something with it and then let the true teacher reveal how you need to see it. And I'm telling you, it works every time. But see, what's difficult with that is that is that puts responsibility on us. Not responsibility that's overwhelming and we can't accomplish. No, it puts the responsibility that God set up for us. And when we do our part, his part's already done. Man, it's a win-win. Can you say amen tonight? All those that we laid hands on tonight, I declare 
you're healed in the name of Jesus. And that's manifesting in your body. And I want to hear about results when you have results in your body. When you have real results in your body, I want to hear about it. But what it takes, what it takes is you praising Him and thanking Him that what we prayed is so. The word that we set out is not returning void, but it is accomplishing what it was set out to accomplish. And that was for your body to be well, to be made whole in the name of Jesus.